Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm standing next to Richard Porter. I'm standing next to Zog. Uh, and I'm standing on the edge of a uh, precipice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Who read that thing about the G-Wiz recently? Yes. Oh, I know about For people listening outside of the UK who perhaps haven't seen this guy, mm. it's a tiny, tiny, very curt, very short, two plus two electric city car yeah. that's doing particularly good business in London at the moment mm. because of a congestion charge whereby you have to pay to drive into the centre of town during certain hours during weekdays. Mm. If you've got an electric car or a, a hybrid, mm. you don't pay You're that. exempt. Yeah. 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 And, and so, also you can park a G-Wiz for free in London. Ah, that's right, yes, mm. I've forgotten that. There are lots of them about. You see them mm. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Top Gear magazine tested a G-Wiz and crashed it at TRL. And I suspect that the Department of Transport who works with TRL went, uh-oh, this sounds bad. So they bought a G-Wiz and did their own crash test and then immediately released the results because I think they didn't want to look like monkeys who'd taken their eye off the ball. Strange monkey football metaphor. <laughs> anyway, they didn't want to look like monkeys but being shown uh, the way by a magazine who'd, who'd discovered that this car was unsafe when the DFT hadn't. So it's all a bit uh, political. But yes, two G-Wiz uh, crash test results and scary. Little electric cars like that are, you know, I can absolutely see they're, they're a great thing for the city. Um, and, you know, it's a good thing that we should be driving smaller, uh, lower emissions vehicles, you know, in cities like London. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. Um, I just wish that they looked like, you know, Fiat Cinquecento's old type yeah. rather than gee whizzes, which look, they look awful. Now, this is, this is but, your theory, isn't it? You want to do this. Well, I'm just throwing, I'm, I'm throwing this, this idea out there for free. I think, I, I, I really want somebody to make an electric Cinquecento, an electric car that looks like the old Fiat 500. But, you know, mm. I, 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 you know, I, I think... Nuovo uh, Cinquecento. I know, Paging Gordon Murray. Paging I know I'm Gordon never going to do Murray. it. You know, I can't, you know, I can't, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to get around to doing it, so somebody else can do it, and, uh, you know, if, if they just give me one of the cars, that'll be fine. I'll, of course, I'll the internal problem of the electric car, which we've talked about on this show before where does the electricity come from yeah the electricity and, that you um, use to charge it up is yeah. produced in a coal burning Whoa. power station and so you produce more, more CO2, CO2 to charge the thing up here's a thing for you a little stat for you I've just been up to the Drax power station in uh, North Yorkshire near Selby well you had an afternoon off did you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, it's part of my new book Great Power Stations of the World and um the Drax Power Station is the largest coal-fired power station in Britain. They claim it's also one of the most efficient. However, that does not offset the fact that the central chimney at Drax emits in one year as much CO2. This is one chimney. It, as much CO2 as a quarter of all the cars in Britain. Yeah. 7.5 million cars driving round and round and round and round and round one area in North Yorkshire. That's what that chimney is doing the equivalent of. Wow. You know, so I just think it's one of those things where it gives you a little bit of perspective on the CO2 debate. I think the car is sometimes unfairly singled out. This power station is the Absolute, largest industrial yeah. source of CO2 okay, in yeah. Western Europe. Yeah. Can I suggest a subversive Gareth Jones on-speed campaign then? Mm-hmm. Right? That every time you see a G-Wiz, right, you, you, we should make these stickers available that say things like, Nuclear powered because you know <laughs> some of them are getting yeah. nuclear power, aren't they? There's plenty yeah. of it going on there, or or, or you know, uh, my car is harming the environment far more than a car with petrol engine, and you mm. just slap it on. Would you, would you think? Yeah, yeah, perhaps not. I will give these crash <laughs> tests. I was thinking of a picture of Lynn Folds Wood with the phrase "potential death trap" <laughs> written underneath. 
Radio Speak. And with the debate, man, electric cars continuing and the time coming up to uh, almost quarter past. Right now, here's a new single from the king of electronica himself. Here's Barry Newman. I tried with my guitar, but a hybrid's not my style. Expensive if you pay by the mile. The fuel sounds for fools out. I'm not sure if it'll even work. I don't want watching my doors by, even if my car's a merc. Hydrogen sounds like an option. Although, like you, I must admit, I'm worried about an explosion. I'm gonna recharge it when I'm down in the park. background for these crash tests what happened when Top Gear magazine got this G-Wiz that they bought they took it to TRL and they went right could you stick your dummies in it crash test dummies now transport research laboratory transport research laboratory in Berkshire they have these full instrument dummies that they do the end cap tests with they're yeah. worth 130 150 grand they're so sophisticated the TRL people went I'm sorry we will not put our high tech dummies in that car because they will be destroyed and we can't afford Ooh. to lose 150 grand so they had to use the more low tech old school dummies which are essentially a metal skeleton with a rubber skin over the top and hang during on, the test, old, hang on, old school dummies. Do they wear like bandanas on their head, tied back, yeah. and sort of floral <laughs> hoodie T-shirts? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, during the test, one of their bright white shell toe trainers became irreparably damaged. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But um, it's like that, and that's the way it is. Oh, feel the heat back. Completely undermining what a serious point that I was trying to make, and I'm just messing around. What I was going to say was, terrifyingly, uh, these dummies have metal bones, and the metal bones in the driver's legs, temporarily, during the impact, became part of the crash structure. <sighs> Because they were absorbing energy. And uh, I've checked, and the human bone is not designed to do that. Ergo, the G-Wiz is very, very scary in a crash. But there's an interesting question here, I think, about whether the G-Wiz should have to conform to the same crash test standards, the same safety standards, as a full-size car. Yeah. You know, because... uh, you're not going to drive it on the motorway, or if you do, you're insane. Mm -hmm. Um, You're only going to drive it around town. Yeah. Um, And if... You know, if a G-Wiz has to conform to the same kind of safety specs, why not a motorbike or why not a bicycle? And a reason why the question is important is that in order to make something like the G-Wiz conform to those kind of safety standards, it's going to have to get bigger and heavier. And when something gets bigger and heavier, you need a lot more energy to move it around and to stop it. And My opinion is that the biggest flaw with the G-Wiz, it's a great idea, lovely they're trying something, I respect that, but... As long as there are people driving discoveries and hummers and trucks around, you're just too vulnerable out there. Yeah. In a world in 10 years' time when all cars are 30 40% lighter than they are now, it's going to make quite a big difference. But until well, I'd then, still, I'd well, still but, say that if you got hit in a G-Wiz by a Lotus Elise, you'd yeah, be toast. It's that yeah, bad. Yeah. So, um, no, it, you know, it is a flimsy piece of rubbish by the looks of it I should say if any lawyers are listening however the, you know it, it, that's, that's your if you choose to drive that thing Absolutely, if, you, if yeah. you choose to ride no that choice. thing around it's your yeah, choice it it's your, your choice. responsibility and yeah. you know why should the makers of the GWs have to make the thing as safe as you know a one ton lump of metal However, I think in making a choice, you should have all the information available. And until now, no one has been aware of just how flimsy the G-Wiz is. So now we are. Make your choice. Go out there. um, Probably don't put your kids in it. Certainly don't let them drive it. Hey, you know, while we're talking about F1, have yeah. you seen this thing which I was reading the other day? Robert Kubica, yeah, right, yeah. Polish driver. Yeah, we know because we were told a while ago by a Polish listener, Kubica is the correct pronunciation That's of his right. surname. Yeah. Right? Some people erroneously call him Kubica. Now, apparently, he said, that's fine. Actually, Kubica sounds faster to me, so you can call me Robert Kubica if you want. 
I don't get this. Robert Kubica, Robert Kubica, Robert. Uh, uh, Robert Kubica, thanks for joining us here on Gareth Jones on Speed again. Happy times. Uh, yeah. Can, can, can we just clear up this once and for all? How do you pronounce your name? Is it Robert Kubica? Or is it Robert Kubica? Yes, he's Robert Kubica. And also Robert Kubica. What? Enough of this speaking of my name. Please now, we go... Oh, look, that's a nice performance car from Japan. A Subaru Impreca. I like those. And my eyes are going funny. I think the bulbs in this room, they are flitzering. Anyway, now we go for some, please, Italian food. Uh, maybe a picker. It's uh, very nice. Happy times. Thank you, please. Uh, Robert, uh, by the way, seriously, we're very pleased you survived that horrible crash. High five. Mmm, I love the smell of petrol. The petrol! Gareth Jones on speed. Richard, you've got this thing about... How do you know when oh. you spot a car? Yeah, is it What is it yeah, that's no, driven I, I, by someone who really knows about cars? Explain. Right, well, I was, I was driving here today, and I was behind someone in a Renault Clio 182, the old shape one, and I thought, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, you usually see those, and you think, whoever's driving that, they've made a conscious decision to buy it. You don't buy one by accident, and it implies to me that you probably know a little bit about cars, and you like driving. Ergo, you are people like us. Yeah. And it sent me thinking about other cars where you see one, you think... You did not buy that by accident. You're one of us. You like cars, and you've gone out and you've sought that car out because you believe it's the best car for whatever it is you want, but it's going to be fun and all the rest of it. Give uh, us an example. All right, well, here's another one. The Mini, the new Mini. Yep. Not, per se, a car for people who know a lot about cars. Even the Cooper S, because I think sometimes you'd go, oh, I just really like the Mini, uh, yeah. and I seem to have a lot of money, so I'm going to buy the most expensive one you've got, please, Mr. BMW. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, if you see a Cooper S, particularly the old shape, in, say, the dark grey colour with dark grey roof not the white roof or the black roof it's got all everything is just body coloured possibly even not on the biggest wheels which make it look the best but not drive the best if it's on the smaller wheels it's all one colour and maybe even got the works pack on it you think alright there's somebody who actually took the time to spec that car correctly for driving pleasure I would okay. along these lines I would go for any old Italian car Mm. that doesn't have huge rusty holes in it because you know know that that's taking a lot of work to keep on the road we've all owned old Italian cars I'm right in thinking I know you and I have I don't know about you Richard no old British car but not old same sort of thing it's you know the more energy but even less reliable it requires a lot of involvement a lot of love a I lot think, of you know, love, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of rewarding, but yeah. uh, there's a price to pay. But can I just you expand know? my theory? Because yeah. sometimes you think, sometimes you see a car like a uh, Mercedes CLS AMG, yeah. 55 or the 63, very, very good cars oh. indeed. Oh. However, you can't guarantee when you see one go by that the person driving it will be somebody that perhaps you could hold a good conversation with because... Mm. Actually, they might have just gone into a Merc dealer and gone, I've got a lot of money, I like the look of that, I'd like the most expensive one you do, please. Yeah, yeah. Fat slobs car. <laughs> it's not a car that really tells you anything. Now, the flip side of this is that there are cars that are the, the exact reverse of this. You know the person driving that vehicle doesn't have a clue. Exactly. And top of my list for that will be the Vauxhall Frontera. <laughs> <laughs> so I see your Vauxhall Frontera and I raise you a Nissan Figaro. Ooh! Ooh. Now, 
I'm torn on this because I, I actually really, really like the figure. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great but you wouldn't buy car. one, though, would you? No, I wouldn't buy one. But 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 I but, but I can understand why people can buy one. The Frontera, on the ha- on the on the other hand, mm. yeah. Not yeah. only do I not understand why anybody would buy one, you know, I, I just know there's no excuse. Oh, I've just thought of another one actually for people who. Actually, the worst thing possible. I always get this. I go to weddings and things. Not not professionally. I just have found myself. I was <laughs> making up the numbers. It's just a hobby. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> reasonably tall and can wear a suit. Um, so uh, I, I found myself at weddings and people go, "Oh, you 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 cars. You like cars, do you?" And I go, "Yeah." And I go, "Oh, I'll tell you what. It's a good car." Vauxhall Calibra, or I've got one of those, and you go, oh dear. People who think they know a lot about cars. Now, you know, you and, and, and me and Gareth, we're massive car geeks, so, you know, knowing a little bit about cars isn't good enough for us. So when some bloke goes, hey, I'll tell you, best car I ever owned, Astra 2 Liter. Oh, oh, please yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And I've just thought of that. A great car for people who think they know about cars, but actually don't. Yeah. The Mitsubishi 3000 GT. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a clunk. Brutal. The GT. A lot of technology, a lot of weight, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Superficially, it's, you know, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can see why, if you didn't really know your stuff, you might think it was quite good. Yeah. But it's not. Rubbish, unless you're an American. In which case, it makes a bit of sense out there. Mm. Okay, cars for people who think they know about cars, but they've made a bad choice. Mm. Any Vauxhall... button, maybe. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Sorry. All right, cars for people who know about cars. But any Vauxhall Cavalier mm. with... Go faster stripes mm, down mm, the side. Mm, a yeah. Venetian blind in the back window. There's a guy on this road. <laughs> I will take a picture of it and I'll, I'll put it on the site if I can find it. It's the worst um, specked up car I've ever seen in my life. I've just thought the of worst pimped car. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a whole different thing, and I've just you thought think of something so? else that's a different thing. Right. Which song just reminded me of with mentioning Jensen Button. This is an entirely different topic. Why do racing drivers always have such bad taste in road cars? Oh, they buy chintzy. Nasty I mean, not stuff, when they have they? to drive something because they're sponsored by yeah, them, you yeah. know. But given of their own volition, any car they want, and you know, racing drivers generally well, not short of money. Uh, Damon Hill, for example. Yeah. Out of TT. Oh, no. TT. Now, the TT looks nice, but again, it's one of those cars that people who don't know much about cars drive because actually yeah. the old one, new yeah. one's not so bad, old one. Very dull car to well, drive. you know, I think you know the, the rather mundane explanation. I think is simply that you know, racing drivers they get their kicks and mm. they get their experience of you know, awesome automotive engineering on the racetrack. Yeah, when they're off the racetrack and they're driving a road car. They just want something that's going to get them and the kids to the supermarket and back. You know, well, and, and they really, I think, I think a lot of the time, you know, you expect them to drive, you mm. know, Porsche. Carrera yeah, GTs and stuff, and they don't. You know, they drive. You know, but that's why Damon's TT puzzles me because that's like he was sort of on his way to an interesting driver's car, and then stopped at the Audi TT <laughs> rather yeah, than pushing right. on right. through to say the Nissan 350Z or something like that. I, you know, it was just it was almost like he was nearly there. My oh, vote, my vote for the discerning car buyer. Right, if you see someone driving a, a Mazda RX-8, right, mm. which is a lo- wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You see someone driving a Mazda RX-8, lovely car. I think it's an inspired bit of engineering. I, mm-hmm. I like its left-handed quality. I like the rotary engine. I like the the, the, the front fenders, if you like. But if you alongside them, wind down your window, ask them to wind down, and say, which version <laughs> did you get? The 231 brake horsepower version, or is that the 192? And if they shout back, it's the 192 by choice. Then you know that they... Yeah. yeah maybe they okay. just it's a better... They've compared the it, two... And it's know, a better yeah. car. It is a much better car. Mm. It, it, 
to say it's overpowered is wrong, but the, the fact that the 192, it's just it's a better geared car for the way that the engine is tuned. It's a more usable car. Mm. So, more, uh, more torque. And, and, be- and, and better <laughs> even than the um, the Pro Drive version, the PS, whatever mm. it's called. Anyway. Uh, can I just tell you, just before I forget, because I remembered this, the racing driver thing, uh, do you know about Fernando Alonso? And he was given a Clio V6 by Renault when he was driving for them, and uh, he sent it back. Didn't like it. He because? doesn't like powerful no. road cars. Really? And he switched it in for, bearing in mind he could have had anything he wants from the Renault stable. Yeah. Not the best in the world, but you know, right. the Clio V6 is probably the zenith of their driver's cars. But no, he didn't want to, and he chose a Megane diesel convertible. There it which is. Which he really likes, I'm told. Mm, I'm, seeing a, really I'm like. seeing a whole new side to Fernando Alonso's character. Well, God knows what Merck he's got now. Oh, yes, I'll just have the A160 diesel, please, or something. It's, it's just, yeah, it's exciting. If you were Fernando Alonso, now where's he going to drive this car? Where does Alonso live? Does he live in he Monaco? In Oxford, yeah, in Oxford. Yeah, he lives in Oxford. You'd kind of probably want to keep the lid on. You wouldn't want to be parading yourself around so everyone would go, look, it's Fernando Alonso. You, want, you know, a convertible's mm. a weird choice. Well, with the, well, with the British well, weather, you want something with a roof that's going to go up and down pretty quickly. Oh, I've, I've said the, that, but I'm not. That car's not the one then, is it? don't know because he might have a place in Spain or in Monaco but I don't know where he keeps the, the diesel cabrio but um, I don't know whether he still lives in what, Oxford now so that was when he, he was at Renault right, he okay, moved yeah. to Woking he's, he yeah. doesn't place in Switzerland uh, Switzerland I think I believe so <laughs> doesn't everyone yeah I'm, 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 I'm just pop, I'm popping yeah. over to my place later yeah. as soon as I can get the private thought it wasn't just me it's goodbye from Richard Porter goodbye it's goodbye from Zog goodbye and it's goodbye from me goodbye This episode of Gareth Jones on Speed was made entirely on location in Stoke Newington by Whizbang. The next episode will come from the Le Mans 24-hour race. See you there.